Good evening. This is Dharitra Ma'am. Today we'll start the Sound of Music Part Two. Chennai of Bismillah Khan. Let me review a little about what is music. What is the significance of music in our life? Where words fell, music speaks. Music is the literature of the heart. It commences where speech ends. I have already discussed. Let me uh, say little about the background of the topic. You know. the topic is about ustad bismillah khan a very eminent and renowned personality especially a renowned chennai player in india and you know he is a legend why because he did something which has historical significance so right now we are going to read about uh, him uh, let me start the topic and please uh, see the book and uh, go through the paragraph emperor aurangzeb banned the playing of a musical instrument called pungi in the royal residence for it had a shrill unpleasant sound so banned means you know prohibited like shrill means is the very sharp and loud sound and unpleasant you know something uh, you may not like or it may not give you pleasure to do or to hear whatever it is so uh, here pungi it has been said about a musical instrument and you know that uh, it uh, if you think about uh, the status of pungi you know it was the predecessor of the sehnai before sehnai but very similar to sehnai once it was there and uh, when mughal ruled india i mean before the britishers there was a famous mughal ruler you might be um, knowing that aurangzeb you know he did not allow pungi be played in his royal residence and what was the reason because he was thinking he felt that it had a very sharp and unpleasant sound okay so it is only and only pungi and you know pungi became the generic name for reeded noise makers so pungi generic name means the name given to a class or a group as a whole okay and here a generic name means a scientific name or a broad classification of something and reeded means especially wind instruments like flute like clarinet so any musical instrument which is made with reeds like we have flutes clarinets they all are classified as pungi so if you think as a whole pungi is a broad term am i right few had thought that it would one day be revived so revive means is a uh, brought back to live uh, just to uh, means uh, give someone uh, that uh, lost status as aurangzeb has banned all these reeded noise maker so he had banned also pungi in his royal residence huh? you know that no one thought that one day such noise maker such instrument which made very unpleasant sound would be played and that sound would be liked by the audience it was as if beyond the imagination of people a barber of a family of professional musician who had access to the royal palace decided to improve the tonal quality of the pungi so tonal quality tone tonal quality it is only sound the meaning is so as the pungi had an unpleasant sound you know that you have read already there was a barber who belonged to a family of professional musician he wanted to do something you know 
he wanted to play the pungi but he knew that sound produced by pungi was very unpleasant and that might not be accepted by all so he decided to improve just to change something in the sound he chose a pipe with a natural hello stem that was longer and broader than the pungi and made seven holes on the body of the pipe so nice it was a very nice arrangement if you see hello means empty from inside so what the barber did you know the barber took a pipe at first then a pipe which was a hollow stem and it was bit longer also broader than the pungi so it was a moderate sorry it was a changing mode of uh, pungi he made seven holes on the body of the pipe okay and right now if you have seen a flute then you can get this okay then when he played on it closing and opening some of these holes sharp and melodious sounds were produced okay then the man he started uh, you know that uh, doing means uh, started using that uh, new musical instrument he blew air into the pipe first and closed and opened different holes then you know what did he find he found that soft and melodious sounds were produced when he did like this so earlier it was giving bit shrill sound but that time it was giving rather soothing sound he played the instrument before royalty and everyone was impressed when the barber played the instrument in the royal court you know everyone liked the sound produced by it because it was something different then the instrument so different from the pungi had to be given a new name okay it's a very nice thing if you think then uh, it was totally changed and the royal court thought that this instrument was totally different from the pungi it was as if no similar to that uh, previous instrument so it should have a different name also they started thinking as the story goes since it was the first played in the sons chambers was played by your nai means barber the instrument was named the sehnai is it clear now there is a story behind the name given to the instrument how this instrument was first played for by that no uh, nai i mean sa was a name given to king as the nai that is the indian term used for a barber had played it for the first time so they called it sehnai do you get let me repeat instrument was played for the first time where in the royal residence of the sa so sa was a name uh, given to king and as the nai nai that is the indian term used for a barber had played it so for the first time they called it sehnai that is the uh, combination if you see that sa and nai then uh, instrument was named as sahnai yes the sound of the sahnai began to be considered auspicious auspicious here promising to bring good fortune okay like very uh, that uh, pious uh, touch approach like okay and the sound which was produced by sehnai it was considered to be good omen if you think isn't it and usually it was played only and only on good occasion and for this reason it is still played in temples and is an indispensable component of any north indian wedding uh, that uh, if you think about uh, something like good omen or auspicious reason or auspicious time then especially in north india we see this and if you think about indispensable it means without which 
a piece of work cannot be done which is very very essential so you can hear sehnai being played at many temples at a wedding also okay and in the past the sehnai was part of the naubath or traditional ensemble of the nine instruments found at royal court okay so that is ensemble i mean things here considered as a group so you know that sehnai was the part of naubath okay and these nine musical instruments were played at the royal court and sehnai was also part of naubath so you could understand the significance of that musical instrument in those days then till recently it was used only in temples and weddings the credit for bringing this instrument onto the classical stage goes to ustad bismillah khan right now you have to come to the point i told you here we are going to read about uh, an illuminate personality very eminent personality so he is none other than bismillah khan so the sehnai was played at the king's court in temples and at weddings that you know but it was used on stage in performances ah the credit for that goes to whom you know ustad bismillah khan who was a legendary sehnai player and people you know wanted to hear him play the sehnai so much uh, that he was uh, efficient eh, in playing that musical instrument you can understand as a 5 year old bismillah khan played gilli danda near a pond in the ancient estate of dumrao in bihar so when bismillah khan was only 5 years old you know he lived in an old estate named dumrao in present day bihar estate okay and uh, what he was doing there you know he used to play gilli danda it is an old sport i mean quite similar to cricket also if you think he would regularly go to the nearby biharji biharji temple sorry to sing the bhospuri chaita at the end of which he would earn a big laddu weighing 1.25 kg a prize given by the local maharaja okay so here you know laddu or laddu are that sphere shaped sweets Uh, originated in indian subcontinent you know that so let me uh, explain the thing he, uh, when he was very small you know he would go to the nearby bihar is a temple although bismillah khan was a muslim huh? out of this name you could get there is no doubt and uh, though he was a muslim he would go to the temple he would sing the song you know that was a bhojpuri language song chaita and when he would finish reciting the song he would get a big laddu as reward and you know the weight of that laddu was almost 1.25 kg and this was a prize given to bismillah khan by local maharaja for singing the chaita is it understood well let me start again next this happened 80 years ago can you imagine that incident it has been described here and it it was going on before 80 years and the little boy has traveled far to earn the highest civilian award in india the bharat ratna okay the writer says that something this incident occurred when bismillah was 5 years old you can imagine and he would get this laddu as a reward and after 8 years bismillah khan earned the highest civilian award civilian award in india the bharat ratna you know so this is the distance that he has traveled in his life at 5 years of age he would get a laddu as a reward but at 80 when he was attending the age 80 he achieved the highest civilian award in india 
that is the Bharat Ratna you know all of. Then born on 21st March 1960, Bismillah belongs to a well-known family of musicians from Bihar. So Bismillah Khan was born when on 21st March 1916 in the family of Muslim. And where it was? It was in Bihar. And uh, his grandfather Rasul Baks Khan was the Senai Nawaz of the Bhospuri King's court. His father Pai Gambar Baks and other paternal ancestors were also great Senai players. Okay. so paternal ancestors you know ancestors of the father isn't it so the line is on his father if you see that um, he was carrying a rich legacy isn't it the lineage of his father's side was full of great senai players how we can say that bismillah khan ji acquired the skill of playing the senai only and only from his ancestors how his grandfather was a great senai player he played the senai in the court of bhojpuri king and his father and all paternal ancestors if you see all were gets great senai players isn't it the young boy took to music early in life so bismillah khan ji also started learning music at, uh, music as a, at a very early age so at the age of 3 when his mother took him to his maternal uncle's house in banaras Mishmila was fascinated watching his uncles practice the senai. So when Bismila Khan he was just 3 years old what did it happen you know his mother took him to her parents house okay so mother's parents house means no doubt it is maternal uncle's house isn't it so they lived in Banaras in that time and then when Bismila Khan saw something you know what it was his maternal uncles uh, they were playing the senai and he was much attracted towards it and he also wanted to learn playing that it means he was it was like his passion from the very beginning no soon bismillah started accompanying his uncle all box to the vishnu temple of banaras where box was employed to play the senai do you get that was the setup in those days bismillah khan started going with his uncle and all box to the vishnu temple in banaras and you know that uh, only, sorry only box to the vishnu temple in banaras and ali box was uh, on a duty to play the senai at the vishnu temple of banaras then ali box would play the senai and bismillah would sit captivated for hours and end captivated means like mesmerized isn't it like much drowned or attracted and when bismillah khan saw his uncle what was the uh, impact if you see ali box uh, uh, means when he would be playing senai that uh, small boy he got attracted towards it and he would sit there for hours listening to him play the senai very nice it was slowly he started getting lessons in playing the instrument and would sit practicing throughout the day so he i told you he was much attracted much tempted towards that so gradually bismillah khan also started learning playing the senai and he would practice throughout the day and he never got tired and he was so captivated so drowned by the senai uh, it means if you see that his uh, flawless uh, practice it is enough to show that so the journey of his life especially that music life it was started in uh, banaras slowly he started getting lessons in playing the instrument and would sit practicing throughout the day 
for years to come the temple of balaji and mangalmaya and the banks of the ganga became the young apprentices favorite haunts where he could practice in solitude so apprentice means is the trainee like and haunt means that place you like to come where you like to visit many times and solitude means being alone or being single so for many years you know ustad bismillah khan he remained in banaras he was captivated he was mesmerized he was much inclined for that whatever might be the reason but he would be staying there for a long he would visit the temple of balaji temple of mangalamaya and would remain on the bank of river ganga another place river bank of river ganga also it was the place where he would practice playing the sainai all by himself shilly chud he was sitting alone and he was enjoying those uh, that feeling or those moments the flowing water of the ganga inspired him to improvise and invent ragas that were earlier considered to be beyond the range of the sehnai so here we have we come to know about the talent of ustad bismillah khan isn't it and if you think about the potential and if you think about some instinct liking of uh, the person he was so inspired so motivated by the river ganga you know it provoked him to improve his performance okay and what else he it, it did it happen do you know he also invented many ragas that were considered impossible to be produced by a sehnai if you think that he would be um, he would be going on discovering many different ragas and it was very difficult in those days and ustad bismillah khan also he worked hard he invented different sounds with the shehnai at the age of 14 bismillah accompanied his uncle to the allahabad music conference so it was i think the one of his achievements when bismillah khan was only 14 years of age you know he accompanied his maternal uncle ali bucks where to the allahabad music conference huh? at the age of 14 i think it was not much just to get such achievement at the end of his recital ustad fayaz khan patted the young boy's back and said work hard and you shall make it okay so recital means it's the performance no so what did it happen ustad fayaz khan in those days he was a very very renowned classical vocalist okay so what he did ustad fayaz khan he was much impressed by the performance of this boy and said that Uh, it was a i think the biggest compliment if he would work hard like that he would make a what name in the field of music uh, then ustad poyas khan he would be uh, forecasting about bismillah khan with the opening of the all india radio in lucknow in 1938 came bismillah's big break he soon became an often heard sehnai player on radio so in those days radio was playing a very vital role in india you know and what did it happen when the all india radio started uh, means uh, its radio station at lucknow ustad bismillah khan started performing from there only you know very often his sehnai performance would be on air means he was getting a chance when india gained independence on 15 august 1947 bismillah khan became the first indian to greet the nation with his sehnai it means ustad bismillah khan was the first indian to greet the entire nation because he would be getting the chance to play sehnai how he played the sehnai from the red fort on this memorable occasion okay even if the world ends 
the music will still survive let me repeat even if the world ends the music will still survive it has been said by ustad bismillah khan and this statement is enough to justify his great passion for music so this is all about today's class and we will be discussing in the next class about the next thank you